played that Shenmue game. Shenmue? Yeah. I know the name, but I've never played it. I've started playing it for the first time because it came out on PS4 this week. Yeah. That's an experience. Isn't that like an old game? Oh, yeah. Is this a remaster or is it a new a new entry in a series? It's up It's hard to call it a remaster. They okay. certainly didn't <laughs> fucking remaster the sound. It honestly, like the dialogue sounds like it was recorded on a like a cassette tape. Wow. <laughs> it's so like like there's just so much noise and artifacting on the sound files and they're not balanced right and so there's this distortion constantly because that's too loud um really bad really bad uh which is a shame because the voice acting is so terrible mm. and i'd love to hear that more clearly uh, like it's on the level of the room it's so bad. Being a fan of terrible voice acting. Yeah, yeah. It makes me think of like Dynasty Warriors 3. Now that you mention that, um, that RPG that you and Laura have been loving recently. Octopath Traveler. Yes, I watched some video of that and I have to say I wasn't too impressed with the old VA. <laughs> no, I quite liked it. Maybe it's just a style I'm not used to or something, but it felt a bit... I don't know. <laughs> uh, I... Either that or I'm just so used to JRPG voice acting that anything above competent is brilliant to me now. That might be might be it. Maybe that's why anytime I play a JRPG, I can't get into the characters at all because I'm not used to that style of voice acting. Ah, so I take it you're not looking forward to the Grandia news, bringing Grandia 1 and 2 to the Switch. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't expect you to, um, but we'll get to that. Um, Laura's not here, everyone. Yeah. Uh, she's at uh, Gamescom, I believe. Uh, I'm sick. Uh, I've not been sick in ages. I knew it was coming, though. It's one of them ones where you could just tell. You just tell the storm's on the way. I feel like I've been putting it off for a month. And then finally my body acquiesced. And so my sinuses are fucked and I'm a little bit tired. So apologies if I don't sound too great this week. Um, I was going to say something else. Yeah, I blame this weekend because it was another pro wrestling ego show. Uh, and just full of children, <laughs> dirty children covered in sugar and mud because that's what children are, especially Mississippi children. It's me just doing a bit of a heel thing there. Um, that was a good night. Ran a guy into the ring post. I saw that. Uh, squashed him. That was uh, You put that in your video, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wes, Wes Warren, who's uh, turning out to be quite the thorn in the side. Um but yeah, interesting. We got uh, the the next ma- match that I'm gonna uh, that Stardust rather is gonna be in uh, on September 22nd at the Hideaway in Jackson. Another tag match, Ursa Major and Stardust versus the Cavemen. So that should be good. Um, quickly back to Shenmue. Uh, if any listeners who play it, because I'm I'm sure we've got fans who listen to this show uh, of of Shenmue, and if anyone could tell me why the pause game button doesn't pause the game, I'd be much obliged. Um, I paused the game uh, when I first got it because I, I had to do something. So I paused it. So I'll go back to it later. Uh, got back to it and Ryu wasn't, Ryo sorry, wasn't where I put him. He was stood in the street and I paused the game, went off to do something. When I came back, he was in his bedroom and the entire day had passed because it's one of those games with a, a day cycle. The entire day had passed. So that was it, waste of a day. So what does the pause menu actually do? Just brings up your item list? or It brings up uh, like a list of commands. Okay. And flashes, quite clearly, game paused. Oh, wow. 
So, silly me, I thought the game had paused. Um, it does seem to pause, but not the time. Not the time. Which is a real shame and a real pain in the ass when you're waiting for a bar to open at 5pm to progress the story. The, the, the story which so far has just been, i got to talk to this person, then 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 i got to talk to this person. That's all the game's been so far, um, is guessing where people are and then going to talk to them. Keeping time sounds like a little too much of a chore for me. That That's giving me flashbacks to um, Dead Rising. Yeah. <laughs> Having to do things at certain times. So I paused the game again. I had to pause it again to do something else. And this time just quit out to the PS4 menu because that normally just hard pauses stuff. Went back to the game. He's back in his fucking bedroom again. It was 4.30 and the thing I had to do was at 5. I wish I'd stuck around and just fucking done it because now I'm waiting again till 5. It is currently in the game, 2 p.m., so I've got to wait till f- five again. And there's no option to like sleep and wait? No, no. You only sleep at night and then you wake up uh, in the morning and then start the day again. I, I googled it. They didn't add a time skip function to Shenmue 2. So in order to not have the game just throw Rayo in his bedroom again, I've had to just, I've had to close the application. I've had to close the game to come and record this. Because otherwise, if I go back, it'll be in his fucking bedroom again. So, yeah, for listeners, because I don't want to just completely blast the game if I'm doing something wrong. But I guess I'm just labouring under the impression that pressing a pause button and having the game tell me it's paused would pause the game. So I don't know what I'm getting wrong there. Um, but, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a shame. The, the time is crawling along, and, and so far all I've done is just talk to people over and over and over again, and then spend money on Gashapon machines trying to get Sonic the Hedgehog. Haven't got him, I got three Tailses. I can see why at the time it was considered, uh, at the very least, interesting. But my god, like it, now with, you know, Yakuza. And uh, to a lesser extent, something like Deadly Premonition. I was going to ask, is it is it similar to... It sounds to me structurally quite similar to Yakuza. Yeah, yeah. It's very much uh, like a proto, proto-Yakuza, I suppose. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got a, a limited, not really open world, but, you know, the same sort of city s- structure, albeit much smaller um, and segmented off. Uh, And you can go into all the various buildings and the game hasn't opened up yet to me to the point where I can do a lot of the stuff I've seen. Mm. But, you know, there's an arcade. I went in there uh, just, again, desperately trying to spend time now till it's five and I can carry on with the rest of the story. So I went in there. There's some QTE stuff. Um, They're all restaurants and stuff. But right now he's just asking for sailors um, because... some sailors might know about the guy that I've got to find. So he's just walking up to, to random people in the street saying, where can I find the sailors? As you do. As you do, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's also a little boy, it must be about eight years old. Uh, every time you speak to him, he's just, hey, you want to wrestle? And he's like, yeah, maybe later. Again, I don't know if that's normal. Ryu's like, no, no thanks, I don't want to get arrested. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't... He doesn't give him a hard no. That's the problem. Mm. I, I would commit to no on that one. Yeah. No, I will not wrestle the strange child in the street. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I I don't know. Well, you know, 
what the culture is like in the world of Shenmue. Maybe it's some alternate reality where you can just wrestle kids in the street uh, and grown men spend all their money on gashapon machines. Because <laughs> um, it's something to do, isn't it? It's something to do in Shenmue. Um, just putting in 100 yen and watching the same animation. Are there cops in this game? Like, would you... What wanted level do you get from clotheslining an eight-year-old child? <laughs> <laughs> That's the point. I ain't seen any kids. Uh, not kids. Uh, the kids are crawling all over the place. I ain't seen any cops yet. Um, and did end up with a fight in the street. Is it like a gang game? Or what is it? Uh, no, no. You're, you're some guy and his dad was killed. Uh, and he like ran a dojo oh, okay. and then you gotta go looking for what happened like i say i'm not very far at all mostly because i've had to waste so much time yeah um so i'm still spending ages just talking to person after person getting tiny little clues each time and not really feeling like i'm making much progress <laughs> Uh, I don't know how many more people I'm going to have to talk to once I finally find these these fabled sailors. Um, all to know about a black car that had driven through the town that had presumably had the bad guy in it. Um, and, and no one seems to have seen the speeding black car that everyone has seen. Uh, it's, it's weird. I'll give it that. And it's not aged very well. Um... <laughs> I'm looking forward to playing Shenmue 2 a lot more, just having heard there's a time skip function. Mm. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll stick with Shenmue for a bit. I might do a video on it. I might not. We'll, we'll see how much more I can stand. The controls aren't very good. He, he, he steers around like he's fucking drunk. Like Leon bad? Or are we talking, like, early GTA bad? It's worse than Leon. Um... So far, the best way I've found to control him is to hold down the trigger, which makes him run. Or you can press it ever so slightly and he'll walk um, or do a jog. Hold down the trigger and then just steer with left and right. Wow. Um, they said it had updated controls, but as near as can be told, that just means they added support for uh, the analog sticks, um, which it didn't have before. So it's not really been updated. Um it doesn't really look and certainly doesn't sound like much of a remaster at all. I don't, in fact, I, I thought it was called Shenmue Remastered, but then I looked at the page and it just says Shenmue 1 and 2. So I guess they just re released it, threw in some trophies and said, here, have this shit and enjoy it. Um, and, you know, it's got a fan base and shit, but I don't know how. That's something that, um, that's something we take so for granted these days. Like games now just control really nice and fluid most of the time yeah yeah and they they didn't used to no no they were still really finding their feet back then yeah. um you know 3d games were still you know they weren't yeah i mean they were still fairly newish mm. um camera was always a problem you know the in-game camera was like it's hard to believe now because in-game cameras are pretty good but yeah. back then 3d in-game cameras were like this this mystical puzzle that developers were struggling to solve. Because it, I think, um, and I think this was summed up quite well in that review of, uh, oh, what was the game that the website reviewed? And it was basic first-person shooter controls, and they dot points <laughs> off the review because that was the control scheme. Oh, I don't remember that. You don't remember that famous story, but it was, I don't know, was it, um, was it Alien v Predator, I think, one of the early ones? And I think it was IGN. They dot points because it. he was like, the control scheme is absolutely terrible. You have to use your thumb to strafe and your right thumb <laughs> to turn the camera around. <laughs> 
And I was kind of thinking back to the first time I ever tried to use dual thumbsticks, and it does, it, like, yeah, it takes some getting used to, you know. And like you say, we take it for granted now because um, everything is sort of standardized and codified for the most part. Yeah, you still get people, uh, you know, people like Hideo Kojima who are like, "Fuck standard controls! I'm going to make everything fucking weird." Um, for better or worse. But even 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 little things nowadays, like um, pushing the stick a little bit to walk, pushing it further to jog, and then further again to run, stuff like that just is so um, ingrained in the medium now, and it just wasn't back in the day. You, yeah. I can remember certain games, you, you just nudge the stick, and there's like this big dead zone, and then suddenly your character sprints off, and you're like, fuck! <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm still surprised sometimes when games do that because some games still do that, you know, zero to full speed, yeah, um, without anything in between. But nowadays that is a bit of a surprise. But some of our younger listeners may not even know of that time where no, that kind of thing just hadn't been conceived. Yeah, they may not even remember. They just hadn't thought of it. There was something I definitely played something recently that was like that where. You'd nudge it and he would just sprint off on you. I can't remember what, though. Yeah, I think I played something fairly recently as well. I know the uh, the Dynasty Warriors games and all that still do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you you They instantly start going at their top speed, but then if you keep going for a bit, they'll enter a faster version of their running. Um, but, you know, that that's not anything to do with how hard you're pressing it. That's just how long you're running for. Um uh, I, I started playing that Okami, and then that's similar. Oh yeah, how far in are you? Uh, not very far, not very far. Like I said, I've been fairly. Like I said I've been been sick. I had a migraine all last fucking week, and that led right into this. Mm. So I started playing it, but really didn't get very far. I started playing it a bit Sunday night, um, before SummerSlam came on. And to be honest, I'd have been better off just playing Okami all night. <laughs> Are you, I presume you're still towards the beginning where it's very, very talky. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got through the first like bit of story and then saved it and was like, Jesus Christ, does that say 39 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> it, um, it, it does open out after a while. The talky bits get less frequent, which is, thank, thank fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It is pretty though, you know, it does look, especially on the little screen, it looks really nice. Oh, it's a gorgeous game, yeah. Oh, I heard Diablo Diablo 3 is coming out for your beloved uh, Switch. Yeah, a lot of, lot of news regarding uh, old games coming on the Switch, which, you know, people give, give it shit for that. Just, oh, they're all ports and all shit like that. But it's like, yeah, but they're ports that I'm going to play in a handheld mode. Yeah. That I really don't mind playing again because some of them are games that I haven't played in quite a while, mm. and it, I'm due a replay of them. So yeah, Diablo Three was one, uh, which is fairly notable because Activision Blizzard's been ignoring the Switch for the most part, which I'm fine with because fuck them, I don't need their horrible shit uh, on the Switch. Uh, same with EA. Uh, EA and Activision both hardly seem to care about it. They care enough to put some stuff on, mm. um, but a handful at best, and, and if I recall correctly, this might be the only Activision game that's that's coming to the Switch, or has come to the Switch. Um, oh, no, I think they did the, the Crash trilogy as well. You know what I want to know about the Switch, right? Considering the amount of time that's passed, and for the meme that's in it, I want to know if it can run Crisis. Mm. The original Crisis. 
<laughs> I wonder, is it around, is it similar to the tech that PCs had back when Crisis came out, or is it a little bit less? Or? I feel like it could. I, it must do. It must be able to run Crisis by now. Because, um, I mean, it's it's doing a, not a great job, but it's doing a job of running something like Doom or Wolfenstein 2. Doom to a greater extent than Wolfenstein 2. Did I hear Doom Eternal is going to be on the Switch at the same launch time as the other consoles, or am I imagining things? Um, hang on, we can double check. I've got the internet at my hands. Uh, let's see, Doom Eternal Switch. I haven't really been keeping up with much of Doom Eternal. Um, not because I don't want to, but because um, I really like the first Doom. Yeah. So I'm fine with not seeing much of it until it comes out. Um, let's see, they did confirm that it is on Switch. I watched like uh, like a 10, 15 minute gameplay thing of Doom Eternal and it just it looks like more Doom but with some cool little nifty gadgets that make the gameplay look a little bit more faster. Like uh, I think I mentioned last week there's like a grapply thing now that you can grapple onto enemies and pull yourself towards them. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, it looks awesome. You know, it looks really cool. They got no specific date for the Switch version. Um, but it is announced. Um, and yeah, yeah, like Diablo 3 was announced. I'm happy with that, uh, especially because I was playing that Titan Quest and that was just broken. Uh, but it it was in lieu of nothing like it on the Switch yet. Yeah, and Diablo 3 would strike me as a perfect game for the Switch. That, you, that it's, it's kind of mindless, so you can just jump in and out of it whenever you want. Yeah, well, that's why I was so bummed that Titan Quest kept crashing, because that serves the same... I mean, it's basically the same sort of game. Yeah. Um, and we got Victor Vran coming out in a couple days' time. And the Victor Vran game is pretty good. Uh, Victor Vran's quite decent. Um, I've, I've played that on and off in on other systems but i will probably give more time to the, the switch version and then diablo 3 will chase them up so so that's good and saints row the third was announced for the switch oh, as yeah. well this week um not my favorite saints row if i'm honest Pro probably my least favorite yeah it's probably my least favorite one as well yeah not from a gameplay perspective it was purely from the story um because what I loved about Saints Row 2, which is my favourite one, what I loved about Saints Row 2 was that the boss, the protagonist, was a, an actual villain. Like, there was nothing really heroic about them. Mm -hmm. um, their sense of revenge was so over the top, so disproportionate. And the things they did were, like, fucked up. Um, and it's rare to see that. Like, even a game like Overlord, I always bring this one up, Overlord, where you're supposed to be an evil tyrant, it puts you up against fallen heroes that are so corrupted that you are still heroic by comparison. Very few games have the the moxie to make you an unrepentant bad character. Um, it's why I always liked in concept, not so much mechanically, but in concept the Kane and Lynch games. Because they're not redeemable. They are bad people doing bad things against bad people, for the most part, as well. In bad games. <laughs> In bad games, yeah. Whoop, I just got fired from GameSpot. Whoa! Um, yes, yeah, so, so that's that's a shame uh, that Saints Row, as it went on, had to make the boss more heroic. Um, and I really liked Saints Row 4, but Saints Row 2 was my favourite one just because the boss was a genuine villain protagonist. My issue with 3 was that um, 
for me, maybe not for everyone, but I find with humor and wackiness and farce in games that once it passes a certain balance, it kind of goes past being fun and into just dumb to the point where you don't care about anything in the game. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, like, like I think maybe there was just enough grounding in realism for Saints Row 2 yeah. that I really enjoyed it. But you're right, Saints Row 3 then went completely over-the-top wacky. 3 had the tone of, of 4, but what 4 did was just went all out and gave you the fucking superpowers and just was like, let's just completely jump the shark here. <laughs> so I ended up finding that one more fun. It's kind of, it went round the other side, basically. It just went full circle with the weirdness. So if you go far enough with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then the problem with that is they've escalated it so much. Mm. I don't know where they could take it if they do another one. I think it'd be cool if they went back to basics with it. Well, they did talk at one point about maybe rebooting it. Um, I, I don't know how I'd feel about a reboot. And then they made that other game that, like everyone forgot after five minutes. Oh, Agents of Mayhem. Yeah, yeah that was all right. That was very okay. It uh, wasn't particularly great, um, mm. and and you could tell it was uh, it was leaning heavily on Saints Row stuff. Like it was trying to be its own thing, but it made too many nods towards Saints Row. Yeah, to uh, almost as if they got too worried or like scared about moving too far away from Saints Row. And then retroactively added in references to keep people interested. It didn't quite work because it's not a particularly interesting game. Um, Agents of Mayhem's a shame. Like I really enjoyed where it was going. Like some of the stuff they initially showed um, almost had a like a near Venture Brothers esque feel to it with this establishment of heroes and, and villains. But yeah, in practice, it was just a fairly humdrum shooter. In an open world that didn't matter because there was fuck all to do, um, it was it was just crap, crap down, crap down, basically, crap down. <laughs> um, and just a completely unnecessary game. Whack down, whack down. Uh, so yeah, not not great, not great was Agents of Mayhem, but yeah, we got Saints Row, Saints Row Three, which is odd. I don't know. There's no reason why why they couldn't have put Saints Row Four on it. And I would have thought that would be the most likely since that was the one they did a lot more porting of and, and remastering of and whatnot. Maybe they're sick shit of it. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, I mean, I'm going to play it again just because Saints Row on the Switch, that's enough of a novelty for me. Um, I, I will be happy if pretty much every game I've even passingly liked was on the Switch. Um, I'm happy with that. And there was something else. Something. Oh yeah, Grandia One and Two, which you've never heard of. Uh, we I mentioned that at the beginning. Um, basic Japanese RPGs. Um, I've I've started Grandia several times. Uh, never seen it through. Uh, if if there's any system that's going to have a chance to have me actually see it through this time, it's going to be the Switch. Because um, again, that casual nature of it. Uh, yeah. Of having it in a handheld format, especially with games like JRPGs or, you know, your hack and slashes like your Diablos. Um, it just seems better suited, at least for me. Uh, I, I understand for, for other people, they prefer it on PC or what have you. But many games I like, I'm happy with on the Switch. It's a funny one. I haven't really picked up the Switch since uh, I finished uh, Mario Odyssey. 
it's it's i think it i think it's because you and laura don't mind playing on the joy cons do you you kind of like that handheld mode yeah yeah whereas i can't fucking stand the controls like that so whenever i'm playing the switch it's hooked up to a tv so it seems just like it's just another con there's nothing really unique about it for me you know i would recommend maybe um getting a grip i got the official one um which basically adds you know rubber sides similar to a you know like a ps4 or an xbox one oh yeah yeah um nice thick rubber grips and and the switch sort of sits in it in like a frame nice thick rubber <laughs> <laughs> um it was a game changer for me yeah. like i was i was tolerating the switch's standard but once i put the the nice thick rubber in i it was genuinely enhanced it was much more fun to finger with a rubber in yes yes um i i normally i'm not a big fan of accessories like the whole i'll put this little rubber nodule on the end of the analog stick and it'll make you better at gears of war um i've i've tried those before and i always thought them just uh not uncomfortable, just it created enough separation between my hands and what was going on that I never got used to it. Yeah. Um, but this, one, once I, I put the Switch in that frame, I, I can't play it without it now. There are, um, I think there are certain accessories that really do, like I bought um, the Xbox Elite controller there recently. And that's a really, really nice controller like got the little paddles at the back for shortcuts to instead of having to click down on the stick you can just flick a little paddle at the back and things like that and i thought oh, yeah, it's really cool it's really really comfy to use i've never actually tried that the, the elite one i might have to pick one up i'm curious curious to see the enhancements to that it's my new pc gaming go-to <gasps> there's going to be so many horrified gasps now <laughs> you don't use mouse and keyboard <laughs> Here's how I feel about mouse and keyboard, right? Fuck mouse and keyboard. I spend my whole <laughs> life hunched over a computer screen working. I want to sit back and let my fucking neck relax when I'm playing a game. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. I um, I went off mouse and keyboard. Like I, I didn't like it at first. Then I liked it. Now, similar to you, I'm like, once I'm out of this office, I don't want to be near computers. I don't want to be near keyboards. I don't want to be near mice. Yeah, I want to sit in my comfy chair with the controller. When you use a mouse all day for work, it's just the last thing you want to do is have that fucking arm and shoulder still aching mm. when you're trying to relax, you know? I still remember how many people got upset when I um, did a video for Overwatch oh, and you... used the PS4 version. <laughs> like, people got genuinely upset that I was playing the game the way I wanted to play the game. Wow. How dare I? Uh, so now I just troll people with it and just... Mm. Uh, I... I I play that play up that I'm adamant that the only way to play Overwatch is with a controller. Um, it's the superior way because uh, apparently it's just really easy to upset people like that. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why the way I play Overwatch should should impact someone else, but that's life apparently uh, where where we get angry because someone else isn't playing with a mouse and keyboard. Yeah, fuck fuck your physical comfort. Yeah. Yeah, fuck you choosing to play the game the way you would like to play the game. Um, we're not having any of that shit here. 
Yeah, I I uh, I did my first Steam refund this weekend. By the way. Yeah, what was it? So I was drunk, and uh, this is like four o'clock in the morning. Had been out partying. We've been partying for fucking like since me and Rach got engaged. <laughs> we have nonstop been seeing people and partying. So detoxing this week. But anyway, got home drunk. Thought it would be a great idea to buy um, Ghost Recon Wildlands. And uh, went to bed, let it download. Woke up in the morning, went, what the fuck was I thinking? Didn't even play it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even, didn't, two hours? No. Didn't even boot it up and just refunded it. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. That is brilliant. Yeah. Um, I've played some of that. I watched like five, I watched five minutes of a YouTube video of it. I was like, yeah, no, I don't want this game. <laughs> it's an Ubisoft game. If if all my other games got deleted, I would probably play it. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I don't think I'd ever choose to play it over other stuff. I played... I didn't play a great deal of it, but I did buy it once and played it for a while. And, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's all right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't personally understand how it was such a big seller, but, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. People will buy what they want to buy and play what they want to play. Um, yeah. To me, it was just more Ubersofting, just open world, lots of copy-pasted things to do, decent enough shooting. It's okay. That's the thing. I like Ubisoft games, but this was this was too Ubisoft game even for me. Because <laughs> stuff like Far Cry and Assassin's Creed, they, they have a lot of character and personality that keeps me invested and nice worlds. But this didn't seem to have any of that a lot of the tom clancy shit feels like that oh yeah not all of it but some of it a fair a fair bit of it is just a bit too a bit too dour and mundane for my liking it's a bit too oscar mikey yeah yeah a bit too oscar mikey um which again it's fine you know it might be why it's sold so well is there aren't i guess there aren't many games that are that entrenched in in that sort of thing yeah and also Oscar Mikey's good, great and all, but I feel like maybe um, maybe because of the Xbox 360 gen, we got a little bit uh, burnt out on Oscar Mikey. We were told to stay frosty a lot in that generation. Yeah. The Xbox 360 was the stay frosty generation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Oscar. Yeah. I wish it was the stay Mr. Frosty generation, because not enough people remember Mr. Frosty. <laughs> Well, my favourite line from that was always Captain Price. Don't call me Shirley. Mmm. Captain Price was fun. I liked Captain Price. They need to bring. They need to reboot Modern Warfare and bring back Captain Price. They should just like Captain Price Warfare, mm. or the Price was right. That's what ah. we call it. He's justified <laughs> for all of the the questionable things he's done for the greater good. The Price was right. Um. It did kind of lose steam for me once they uh, stopped the Modern Warfare storyline um, and when Black Ops stopped being good, when they just decided, you know what, we won't let, we won't have Black Ops be good anymore. Yeah, what was that about? Because the first two Black Ops games had really fun campaigns and then there was one with a shit campaign and now there's one with no campaign. Yeah, this one has no campaign. Um, incidentally, it will be the first Call of Duty I've not bought and played since... Uh, it's Call of Duty 4. Same. Yeah, I'm just not interested in a Battle Royale mode. Yeah, or zombies or multiplayer. Just nope. No. I mean, I stopped being interested in multiplayer ages ago. Like, I didn't even review the multiplayer in the, the last review I did for, for the last one. Yeah. Uh, and I explained why. I was just like, every time I play it now, it feels so 
uh, alienating. Like they focused on a very specific audience for that now. And it doesn't feel as open and user friendly and like anyone can have a go like the old Call of Duty is dead. Yeah, because they design the maps now around like competitive play. Yeah. Instead of casual. Which, you know, it is fine, but it lost my interest. And as a critic, I then, and, and I only ever, you know, I, I, not only ever, but I cared more about campaigns. Yeah, um, same. I always found them very interesting. I really liked the multiplayer. Uh, Call of Duty 4 got me into online multiplayer more than any other game did. I spent nine days on Call of Duty 4. I had nine fucking days played on that game. <laughs> I still <laughs> sucked. <laughs> I got decent. Like, I'm not that bad at shooters. Yeah. Um, if you see me playing the games where I'm trying to talk and play at the same time, I'm dreadful. Yeah. Um, but if you see, like, some of like, my more recent impressions, I'm not, I'm not great. I'm not, might not even be very good yeah. but i'm decent um and yeah call of duty 4 i was always like i was very rarely like the top player yeah. but you'd see me in top three more often than not i could hold my own but then i play the newer call of duties and i don't know if if i'm just old now but uh i can't get on with them at all anymore i think what it is is that anyone who has stuck with call of duty is really the the only people still on it are the real hardcore fans you know, it's kind of every every year everyone plays it for a few days and then it kind of just yeah. starts to drop off, you know. It's one of those games where it has a, 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 a significant enough fan base that does nothing but play Call of Duty. And it's probably going to outsell Red Dead Redemption this year. Probably. Yeah. I mean, the sales have been going down, um, which I can only assume is why they're getting ever more pathetic and desperate. Yeah with their cash grabs and microtransactions and season passes and DLC and collector's editions Oof. and all of the other bullshit. Um, in fact, I think they're one of the few holdouts of loot boxes left. I think uh, they, they're they still banging on that because, you know, their Activision Blizzard, we can do what we want. Meh. Um, I feel like the multiplayer now only really rewards those people who do nothing but play card. Yeah. Um, the kind of people who you buy it on launch day and someone's already in the prestige. Yeah. Like someone's already yeah. maxed out everything somehow um, because they've done nothing but over and over and over again play it. Um, mm. Which, you know, fine. It's It's got this ingrained audience that ain't going away, but mm. it's turned off people like me who... Who do what you know? What you described. We I'll play it for a bit once a year, mm. uh, but you know this year I sh I shan't be doing that, and I'm not particularly upset about it. Um, I don't need to be disappointed by another card. I, I I'm glad that I don't enjoy card anymore because it was one of the most toxic things in my life when I was addicted to that game because it was just constant rage all the time. <laughs> That game never made me happy, even when I won. <laughs> you know, it's the kind of game where you just rage at it all day, and then you win, and it's more of a like, yeah, fuck you, I won, rather than a woohoo, you know? i got to be careful with games like that, like, because I've got anger management issues. Um, yeah. So, you know, I see, see so I, I do CBT, like cognitive behavioral therapy, to uh, yeah. deal with, with that. Um, which is related to all the other mental issues I talk about on here. I tried that, you know, I tried that kind of therapy and it didn't work for me at all. I had to go back and do the digging into your deep-seated childhood issues therapy instead and that worked for me. But I've heard it, the cognitive yeah, can be really good for some people. I mean, it's it's helping a bit. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if I'd benefit more from a different type of therapy, but right now, I mean, it, it, 
when I'm I'm able to do it because I I sort of fell off it recently because other issues reared up. But um, when I'm on it, I go through less controllers. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm not proud of it. I'm not. You know, it's 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 not really all that fun uh, mm. to go through. Um, it's something one feels like they can't control when it happens. But you know, that's about what CBT is is learning to. To, to control it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've got to be careful with certain games. There are certain games I have to check out from now, and I'm so glad that I don't review anymore. Because, mm. um, you know, I don't think it... it I, well, it coloured my reviewing once, um, and that was the the famous Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice issue. Oh, yeah. um, looking at everything else I've published in the cold light of day, um, I don't regret any of the reviews I've put out, mm. um, except that one, which, of course, I, I republished when I did wake up after a little bit and thought oh no that oh no that was just me being really angry mm. um but you know like we talked a while back about the evil within two and that was one of the first games i played when i just started doing impressions instead of reviews yeah. and i said then that i'm glad that i don't feel like i have to complete every game before i can just sort of throw this up and say yeah this is quite fun uh, for for what i'm playing um I don't have to do some comprehensive review because it can allow me to play something like The Evil Within 2, get very fucking annoyed with it, and then just take a, a break for as long as I want to. Incidentally, I never went back to The Evil Within 2. Neither did I. It's It's been sitting in my current section in Steam for, like, how when did it come out? <laughs> Nearly a year ago now? Quite a while back, yeah. So many months ago. I played, like, played into the open world, well, open area. And played about half an hour of that and just never got the urge to go back. I forget where I went to. I was a bit further in than that. Like, I was in the the open areas for quite some time. There was something. I think I was maybe being chased by giant monsters. And I was like, this is just getting annoying. Because it's not really trying to sneak my way through monsters. It's going like trying to go one step forward, two steps back. Because I'm constantly being chased around. Yeah. And losing track of where I am. Um, and... That's the problem with stalker-based gameplay is I love the concept of it, but if you don't do it right, you just feel like you're wasting the player's time. Yeah, like in Soma. Yeah, yeah. We talked about Soma a while back, didn't we? I mean, that's one of those games. I need to do Jim uh, Quisition on this, but it's one of those games where less gameplay would have made it better. Exactly. The runaway from the boogeyman bits just made the game worse, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm trying to remember a recent game that did this. Um, well, I, I, I was just going to say that I actually nearly threw a controller this week, and that was um, replaying Arkham Knight and the, the Riddler races. Oh, yeah, I remember those races. Those things suck so much ass. <laughs> yeah, they weren't great from what I remember. Whoever put those in the game, you're a naughty, naughty person. <laughs> Then again, I've got many problems with Arkham Knight. Not all related to the game's quality. Yeah. Um, I remember someone got really annoyed at me for reviewing it on PC um, because that was the one with the glitch. That's the copy I fucking had. Sorry, mate. I said a couple of weeks ago that it, for me at least, runs perfectly on PC now, so I was able to kind of... Um... It's a funny one because there may be three or four moments in that game where it does reach the heights of the other two and there's like... Some brilliant story beats, particularly with like Poison Ivy and um, with uh, Mr. Freeze as well. Or fucking what, Dr. Freeze? What, my brain's drawing a blank. It's Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Yeah. His storyline in it is really, really good and actually quite emotional. And I was like, why couldn't the whole game have just been like this with those cool linear 
ah, you know, open world stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, again, I still, I'm still disappointed how they retcons the performance of um, Scarecrow. I love John Noble. He's a yeah. great actor, but they already had a fantastic Scarecrow in Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Um, just sounded a lot creepier and. Uh, and I liked the higher pitch in the voice and the raspiness of it. And John Noble just sounded like John Noble. The star screaminess of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of those of those star screamy Chris Latter style voices. Um, I want to say Paul Dino did the voice of Scarecrow in Arkham Asylum. Um, I said it in like if not the last podquisition, then the one before that. Um, and I, I realise I'm just repeating the stuff I said there. Mm. There are several villains I think John Noble could have done well. But Scarecrow, it just doesn't fit. Mm. Scarecrow, I've never imagined with this sort of that reserved, deep John Nobly voice. Mm. Um, but you know, it's just me. It's just me. The more I thought about the story in that game as well, the more I started to get annoyed with how little sense it makes <laughs> in every single aspect. <sighs> what what happened? To, I I hope. What what are they doing now? Did I hear somewhere they're doing? Uh, a Guardians of the Galaxy game? Am I imagining that, or was that someone else? Um. Or do or have they put onto some Marvel thing? Or I wonder what they're doing. I've not heard. I know they're doing Spider Man. That's the only one I'm. I know that's coming. Uh, fuck, next month, I think. Is it them who's making Spider Man? Uh, Insomniac are doing Spider Man. So who? What's Rocksteady doing? Uh, I don't know what they've been doing lately. That Spider Man game looks really cool. Oh yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Super excited! I think that's the the biggest game I'm excited for this year. Now, that's the every time I think of games that I might be looking forward to, Spider Man's the first one that comes up for this year. What am I looking for? I'm looking. To, did you see the gameplay trailer for Red Dead Redemption? Uh, not yet. I know that came came out. Uh, I have no doubt that'll be a, a a very fine experience. Yeah, that's an exciting one for me. I'm just look trying to find my little list of um. It's called my list to do songs about, but it's like basically my list of games I'm excited about. Oh yeah, so there's um, okay, so the Spider Man Tomb Raider should be, I I would say Tomb Raider will be a very decent competent uh platformer. I'm it probably won't change the world, but yeah, I keep I keep forgetting that's recent. Like that's coming out soon, isn't it? September fourteenth. Yeah, not far at all, and and. I say this as someone who's only recently been replaying um, the last one. What was it? Rise Rise of the Tomb Raider. Rise, yeah. Which I think I said last time I talked about it, is a very, very, very good game. A great game that I cannot remember. Um, can't remember a thing about it. And every time I think I've remembered something about it, that was just the last one, the 2013 one. Yeah, exactly. It was a decent game, very good mechanically, beautiful looking, but it just didn't really do anything that really... It didn't have any wow moments. I was so busy pressing the uh, the right stick in to look at things glowing in the environment that I couldn't concentrate on anything else. Yeah. I feel like that game maybe focused a bit too much on collectible shit and hidden stuff because oh, yeah. that's all I could focus on. Um, I feel like it wouldn't have been bad if those... There are these little hub areas in the game. If they'd have stuck all the collective shit to just those areas... So that when I move into an area that's more mission-based, I only have to focus on the mission. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it would have been better instead of, okay, I've got to look for five, no, seven posters to burn. It kills the pacing and the momentum of the story, I find, when you're hunting down things in in those areas. Yeah, yeah. And conversely, the, the hub areas are 
it's fun to do that in because they're little exploratory areas. Mm. Um, so yeah, I feel like if the game would be a lot more memorable and a lot more punchy if mm. if they balanced and separated. You know, here's the collecting area. Here's where you just play the game. They probably won't. <laughs> no, I don't think they will. Yeah, there's a lot more tombs in the upcoming one, which at least sounds um, pretty cool. And longer tombs as well. That'd be good. That'd be good. October 5th, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which again, I'm expecting to not blow my world apart, but to be a fun, pretty entertaining experience all the same. Yeah. Yeah. I'll play it. You know, I played, I, I play them all and, and I still feel that they get a bit better each time. They they never blow me away, but they always get a bit better in my estimation. Two was the best one. <laughs> ah, worst one. No, the first one was the worst one. October 26th, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. November 14th, Fallout 76, which I'm kind of... Oh, yeah. That's going to be the big question, that one. <sighs> I, you know what? I'll just play it and give it a chance, that one. You know? Yeah, I, I still don't know what to think about it until I, I see it. I have zero hype, but I'm hoping to be really pleasantly surprised. Put it that way. Uh, I, I'm keeping the option open to be very pleasantly surprised, but I'm not expecting to be. No, I understand. Yeah, like I'm not going in. To, I, I'm not going in wanting to or ready to hate it. Yeah, exactly. But right now, I'm not ready to. I'm not excited or ready to love it either. I just want to finally try it and be like, okay, is this going to be good or bad? Well, I, w I want to love it because it's my favourite series, but I don't know. We'll see. And then November 27th, Darksiders 3. That is the last one I have down. Oh, that's this year? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. I love the Darksiders games. Yeah, I couldn't really gel with them, but I'm definitely going to try this one and see. Yeah, they, they made a bit of a mistake by they released a gameplay demo. No, not demo, a, a, a video um, with IGN or something. And they chose to focus on really boring puzzles mm. of feeds this explosive bug and then throw the explosive bug at a thing to blow it up to open up a way through it was just 15 minutes of that and i'm like guys this is the worst way to present your game yeah you're not showing off anything except old-fashioned bomb puzzles and old fa and very very old-fashioned graphics like visually this looks like a game from like seven eight years ago yeah yeah it doesn't look stunning uh, I'm hoping the art style will carry it forward because I always like the. Uh, it's a little bit, little bit, you know, nineties comic book. Spiky. Um, but then it was designed by a comic book artist, so it's to be expected. But I, I liked it. It had its own interesting little uh, look and feel to it. Uh, I really liked the first game. I really, really liked the second game. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I hope this will be good. Uh, it's always a series I feel deserved more success than it got mm. and i still don't understand why it didn't get the success that it, it should have got because they're good games that tick a lot of boxes for other successful games um you know it's not like anyone owes the dark side of series their custom i'm just surprised i'm just surprised he's just saying go and fucking buy it that's what he's saying <laughs> yeah millennials stop killing the dark siders industry <laughs> Millennials kill the bad controls industry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's a good lot of games to look forward to. Mm. Um, Twenty nineteen, of course, has a bunch of them. There's a lot of good looking stuff on the horizon. And that's only the ones I'm interested in. There's probably far more ones that you and Laura will find that you both want to uh, want to play. Oh yeah, 
I'm sure if Laura was here right now, she'd name about 15 Pokemon games coming out. Yeah. Um, I know that Pokemon Let's Go is coming out sometime soon-ish, I think. I was so I saw Laura and Dan Bull tweeting at each other. They're both at Gamescom, and I got really jealous for a minute. But then I saw the uh, the photo of the queue to get into Gamescom. <laughs> I was like, ooh, those triggering some bad memories in my head there. <laughs> yeah, fuck queues. Even the press queues are appalling i won't do it like i'll go to somewhere like pax and i won't expect to be bumped ahead of anywhere i'm not into that um used to be used to be a fun novelty but then i got a bit i do i won't go i won't go now to cons unless i get a press (laughs) thing and i can go backstage into the nice quiet places i i normally like if i do go i've not been to a con in a long time but if i do go now i go to do whatever work i'm there to do usually you know like a panel or a show or something and i'll wander around the show floor mostly just hoping to get recognized for a minute so i can feel good about myself temporarily um but i will not go and play any games on the show floor unless nobody's about um that's why i played dragon's dogma uh like an e3 or something once because no one had been queuing up for it at the time so just right jump on that give that a go oh sengoku basara Ain't no one playing that. I'm going to go play it for a minute. I'll write a preview of that, sure. Um, That's how I chose games to cover at E3, was is there a queue? No? All right, I'm going in. Yeah, because every time I've been at Gamescom, I've had access to that nice, quiet area where press can go. And, like, the first time I went was when Bioware took me, and I was so... You can't go back from that. (laughs) You you can't move backwards from that and just go normally then, because you're like, it's so chaotic. It's, and I, I don't like being in spaces with that many people all crushed in together. Yeah. I really, I oh, no, it, no. It's not like a social anxiety or anything. I'm very sociable, but it's just that that crush and the smell. Oh, my God, the smell of Gamescom is... <laughs> so many sweaty, sweaty people. <laughs> I've not done Gamescom. Uh, you know, I've been to PAX several times. Um, would like to do it again. PAX, PAX sounds like a lot of fun. I've, I've, not, I've not done a lot of traveling at all. Um, past couple of years there's too much shit to do you know at home base um i would like to do it again pax is fun uh similar issues with the crush and the 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 ambience the nasal ambience um because it i think you will find this as well like one of the really fun things about cons is when you actually do just meet up with a group of fans those times are awesome oh yeah yeah very very fun yeah and i think the escapist ones that we did back in the day were perfect for that because it was just the right size that you could do that i like the smaller cons um i was a bit annoyed that mississippi comic con was so packed this year oh yeah um that's just getting bigger every year now um first year i went there's barely anything going on but now i i i thought oh it's mississippi comic con i won't need to pre-book a ticket (laughs) and then justin and i were in a queue for an hour um and I'd have left if there wasn't a friend of mine already in the Comic Con that I was. I said I'd meet. Otherwise, I'd have just turned around and went, you know what, fuck this. i got wrestling tonight. I've got to get ready for that. I'm not queuing up for an hour. Um, but I had to do both that day. Ugh. I'll tell you what, the two best places of E3 are the press room, um, very similar to the Gamescom thing, a quiet place, and my fucking hotel room. <laughs> Those are the best places at E3. Highly recommended. Um, I once, one E3, been on the show floor all day long, 
on my feet all day long, fat, of course, all day long. Um, finally got to the hotel room, bought a, a tube of Pringle, a pipe of Pringles, sat in a chair in the hotel, put the air conditioner on like to icy blast levels and very nearly wept. <laughs> I think I was like, no tears were coming out, but I was more or less sobbing with the sheer joy and relief of just being able to have a sit down with air conditioning and Pringles. I thought this uh, story was going in a different direction there. I thought there was going to be like pay-per-view adult channels involved. <laughs> oh, you've always got to be, I always had to be careful of that with Destructoid because, uh, you know, cheap. <laughs> so everyone was sharing rooms like four to a fucking bed. Oh, wow. Um, it was pretty bad some years. Uh, I think the last packs I ever did with them, I was like, you know what? I'm going to sort my own ticket out. I don't, I'm not going to get anything comped here so I can have my own hotel room and my own. Oh, that was the packs before the last. To the last, I shared a room with Conrad Zimmerman and Jordan, Jordan DeVore. Now, loved the pair of them. Conrad, of course, uh, always worked with him for many, many years. And it was pretty much a sex hotel. Um, we were in a sex hotel in Seattle, tiny room, a, a shower that was, if not a repurposed closet, could have been repurposed into a closet. Um, tiny. Like I was just uh, having to shower body parts. Um, and you could you could basically get room service dildos. Wow. Yeah. That is top-notch service. Yeah, no room to put them. No room to put them. Well... <laughs> The, the rooms are so small that you have to use them as described because it's the only cavity available. <laughs> uh, yeah, that kind of knocked it on the head for me. Uh, from now on, like, and, unless unless I can guarantee that the company has money, I wouldn't go on anyone else's dime. Mm. I'm happy to do it on my own because then I will get a, a hotel room that I can wank in all day long. I'm kind of the other way around now with cons. I won't go unless someone else pays for me to go. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I find, I, I used to, when I first started going to them, like when the whole Miracle of Sound thing started, it was it was exciting and, and the schmoozing part of it was fun. But I just, I'm so, in the last three years, I've got so burnt out and just done with games industry stuff, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I can understand that. Like a lot of, I stopped doing... I mean, this was a bone of contention with me and Destructoid. Uh, one of the reasons we parted ways was they wanted me to go to preview events and cons and things, and I got so sick of them. And I didn't feel like I could do my job effectively at a place like E3 because I don't go around doing previews of games and doing interviews with mouthpieces who are just going to repeat canned statements. Yeah. I, I'm a lot more effective just opinionating from my own office. Um, and, and I hate the game industry as well, so I didn't want to hang around with them. Yeah. I don't know if you found this because maybe it's different when you're there with an outlet, but I started like, <clears throat> I started seeing parts of myself I didn't like when I would go to them because I'd be wandering around kind of going now who can i meet that can benefit me and i was just like no you can't think like that fucking stop that go go off and meet some fans instead you know i think maybe the first year or two i was in i was into the networking thing yeah it was like bring a business card all of this shit but then i i just started getting arrogant and be like you know what if they don't want to meet me they ain't worth fucking meeting there's nothing wrong with networking like and and some people are great at it and they love it. I'm I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I realised that in in due time and 
but then again, like I said, I just got arrogant by the end of it. And I'm like, my face is my business card. And if you don't recognize it, you ain't worth shit in the industry, mate. Um, Do you know who I am? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, every now and then I get interested in E3 again. Uh, just to go now under no obligation. Mm. Just to turn up and look at whatever it is I might be interested in. Mm. Maybe chat to some people. Maybe see some old former colleagues and, and uh, you know, acquaintances that I haven't seen since I, you know, stopped doing games media, uh, like games journalism-y type stuff. Um, sort of in that sphere, shall we say. Because I never, I, never I never did journalism, but I was in that sphere. I wonder how, how many creators recently have stopped going to cons and things so they can continue to satisfy the endless um, need of the algorithm. I mean, there's that too, yeah. Because any time you take away from work now on YouTube is you're fucking yourself. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, like, I've been uploading a bit less lately because there's some schools of thought that suggest maybe the algorithm's reward regular uploading but maybe not everyday uploading and i've just been trying different things each week to see what happens what i've heard is it rewards regular uploading but if you have one video that doesn't do bad doesn't do well then that will affect your overall channel yes i got that bit of advice once too and it's made me be a bit more ruthless and i hate doing it because i hate feeling forced into this situation where i'm being cynical yeah and it makes you not want to do like little casual vlogs or funny videos or anything because mm -hmm. if they don't get any views your next video won't either and it's really oh that's it don't, let's, yeah let's not start <laughs> laura's not here to pull us back <laughs> that's true i mean i'll just say this right if you're wondering where boglin watch went you blame youtube because i can't i don't want to risk something like the Jimquisition now because mm. that's what it is you're uh, not really robbing Peter to pay Paul. It's basically uh, giving Paul some money and then Peter going bankrupt for no reason. Um, and that that's the situation we're in. So I've had to be a bit ruthless and just focus on what's already successful, which is exactly what YouTube's doing with channels. So it's fucking shit because it's making me as bad as them. Um, but I'm looking at ways to deal with that. Like we're still trying to do live streaming. Um, I intended to start live streaming a lot sooner than now, but let's say I've been sick and migrainey and mm -hmm. dealing with uh, a lot of a lot of stuff lately, um, mostly brain things. I admire anyone who can do live streaming. It sounds like a nightmare to me. It's stressful. It's it's uh, it's distressing and upsetting. <laughs> it's so performative, and you have to be on point. And I just have this terrible like vision of me like live streaming and saying something dumb mm. and then it it going viral and <laughs> you know yeah yeah and i'm incredibly self-conscious so i i genuinely i i like it when i'm if i get into it and i'm like halfway through a stream and then it's all comfortable yeah i'm fine with it yeah but trying to gear myself up to do it and dealing with the initial technical things and feeling embarrassed if something goes wrong and you can't do anything about it yet. Mm. And there are people in the chat room mate, like mocking it and yeah, getting yeah. impatient and waiting for it. You know, they don't even have to say anything, but you know they're waiting and, and it's... Yeah. Once I can get into it, it's fine. But especially with the way my fucking brain has been lately, it's been tough to... And I really want to because 
you know, people will have noticed I've not done uh, direct-to-video. Like, I've not done videos on shitty Steam games. Um, they were never huge traffic getters, but I enjoyed doing them. Yeah. But because they were not huge traffic getters, as I say, having to be a bit ruthless on the channel, so... Um, but that there, you know, it's a, it's a blank slate. And I'm sure Twitch has its own issues with this kind of stuff, but I don't really care about those right now, um, or at all. So I could talk about Boglins there if I want, and I can talk about, uh, you know, I'll do, I'll do Steam Direct stuff there. Um, once I can finally gear myself up and do it. I think the whole culture around Twitch is where I, I realized I'm getting old because I don't understand it. I don't watch, like, I, I, I think I've watched, like, two live streams ever. I always think I might like to see them. Mm. I always think I might like to watch a live stream, but then all I do is go on Salty Bat and watch the, the you know, two AI fighting game characters or just whatever weird characters that they, they got going on at that time just fight each other. Because um, that's all Salty Bat is, is just betting on AI opponents. And wow. that's all I do. <laughs> I just watch AI computer characters just beat each other shitless. Usually in very one-sided fights. E3 live streams, though. Those are the greatest. That is that is oh, still yeah. the best time of the year for, for the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of missed doing the Twitter thing this year, but I did have fun like live streaming the live streams. We missed you on Twitter this year. Yeah. It wasn't the same. I normally get a lot of followers at that time. I don't think I did this year because I was doing the live stream. But quite a few people tuned in to watch. It was for something unannounced and and sudden and someone who doesn't have a big Twitter presence. Uh, We got quite a few uh, viewers. That was good. Um, I just, like I say, just got to get my brain in the right space to try and do it more regular with some games and stuff. But hey-ho. Hey-ho. It's all a load of bollocks. Um, well, we, we got an hour and change done there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, sorry listeners, if you thought thought a bit muted this, this week, I'm not, not feeling too well today. And sorry, we weren't very structured. Like when Laura's not here, basically the structure just falls apart. We, we, we tend, we tend, we tend to ramble a little. (laughs) I don't mind that so much. It's, it's a nice casual chat. Um, I was going to talk about all the horror movies I'd seen. Oh, um, I'll oh. just say that I uh, I did take your recommendation on Eden Lake. Yeah, you watched Eden Lake, and 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 I felt guilty then for recommending it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was so angry. Mm. Not at the film. The film is remarkable, um, very well worth watching, but oh god, especially the subject matter is so real, and I yeah, I've been in situations not that extreme and violent. But I've been in those situations with, you know, with uh, gangs like that. I think that that well, that's what they're playing on in the movie, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's the fear they're playing on. And it's so they're so believably performed. The actors did a remarkable job. Um, but yeah, genuinely upsetting film. Yeah. Um, but but great. Uh, also, I would recommend. Um, I, I I asked Twitter for recommendations. I got a lot of ones that I've list, I've already watched, mm. um, like The Witch and that. I knew, I didn't like The Witch. A lot of people do. I don't know why. I just it didn't gel with me. Mm. Um, but I did watch, and this was without recommendation. This is actually why I'm trying to watch a lot of creepy films now. Um, not not your jump scary ones. Uh, you know, I've seen enough Insidiouses and Sinisters, but um, genuinely plays with your brain horror lake mungo is what i watched and what inspired me to try and watch more i haven't found one that tops it 
And I realise the name sounds funny. The name doesn't exactly um, scream terrifying, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, once you hear it set in Australia, then it makes sense. Yeah. Because, of course, Lake Mungo, it sounds more sensible if you know it's in Australia. Yeah. Um, but that one, it's a mockumentary, but it's not like found footage. It's, it's a, a documentary of an event that happened. Yeah. Um, not really happened, but within the fiction happened. It's retrospective. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah it's mostly just pictures, mostly just photographs of the creepy stuff. Hmm. But my fucking God, I, I don't scare easily. Mm. Um, and I don't say that to show off. Like, I hate that I don't scare very easily. Um, people have seen me playing horror games and jump scares happen. I just, oh, okay, mm. that happened. Um but this one, and I've been desperately trying to follow it up with something that can top it, but I've not found anything yet. This one was actually making me shout at the screen. Just, no, no, thank you. Have you watched that thing that came out with Natalie Portman in it? I think it's called Annihilation. Uh, just last night. I watched it last yeah. night. There's one scene in that, and I'm like you, I'm almost impossible to scare. But there was one scene in that involving an animal. I know the one. And holy fucking shit, I was fucking genuinely, like, I froze. <laughs> it was so horrifying. That was creepy, yeah. I know the one you mean. Um, that film... Interesting. I liked it less the more I watched it. Oh, really? <laughs> like, the, the longer it went on. To where the ending, I was just like, they're dragging this this stuff out. For conclusions that I can see coming. <laughs> I, I liked it more the longer it went on. Uh, see, I was the other way around. It was um, basically once they stopped showing off cool, fucked up creatures, yeah. I was like, mm, all right, now it's just res. <laughs> I, li I liked it when it turned into a, a Bjork video. Bjork as well, yeah, Bjork or res. Um, yeah, I was like, okay, well, now this is a bit obvious. What I, At least I felt it was a bit obvious what was happening. Yeah. And they were just belaboring the point. And I just it didn't feel like it had a satisfying conclusion to me. It just felt like it was let's let's have some weird visuals and people might think it's deep. Um I nah. Still though. That one scene though. The movie's worth watching for that one scene alone. I mean a lot of the visuals were great. Like the the environments and the colours they used yeah. and the creature designs. Uh all of that great. All of that really, really good. Um yeah, I tried watching a few other films and I've not found anything uh, quite as good. I've been taking suggestions. Like I said, The Orphanage was okay. Um, Hell House LLC was a found footage movie that had a good build and then they just crapped at the land. They didn't stick the landing at all. Um, I don't know if it really counts as horror, but uh, a movie I had to stop watching recently because it was too much for me was Mother. Mother, I think that's on my shortlist of things to watch. I think quite a few people recommended Mother to me. Sweet Jennifer Lawrence in it. It's a good movie and I absolutely appreciate what they were doing with it, but it just got to a point with me where I didn't want to watch it anymore because it was too upsetting. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I want to see the, uh, what's it called, the Poughkeepsie tapes. Um but it never released in theatres, and it never got a DVD or Blu-ray release. Mm -hmm. And apparently it's genuinely fucking upsetting. Um, I'm going to have to just track down a copy of it on something. I can't watch movies where a character um, undergoes sustained abuse for the majority of the film. I just really, I can't get through films that have that. They got, they're, they're hard, yeah. Like, the, the fucking 
The fucking Passion of the Christ. Man. <laughs> that, that movie is so sick. They call hostile torture porn. Jesus Christ, literally. And that is a sick, sick, twisted film. Mel Gibson is fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Ian Baldsworth who once described that. And he's like, Jesus Christ, he looked like Freddy, Freddy Krueger by the end of it. Yeah, he did. He looked he looked like a, a, you know, side of raw beef by the end of it. If it wasn't Mel Gibson, I'd assume it was made by someone who didn't like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that one's a bit... A lot of those ones, yeah, like you say, with that sustained abuse, like, I'll watch them, but I've got to be in the right frame of mind. If I'm just a sh- just a step away from the right frame of mind, it will ruin my fucking week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, another one I watched, there's another found footage one. Um, it's called The Borderlands in Europe. It's got a different name in the US. It's got some stupid generic name in the US. But The Borderlands, about two... Um, guys from the Vatican who are assessing an alleged miracle in a church. Mm. Quite a fun one. Like the, the, it's the banter between the two main characters that make it really like a step above your average found footage film. Mm. But then it leads to an ending that I won't even hint at because it will ruin it. But what an ending. It's well worth watching for what it leads to because the ending is just so what the fuck. Um, Highly recommended, uh, just if only for that bit. Uh, there were some others, but you know we're we're wrapping up. And yeah. I've got to go and feel sorry for myself and deal with these fucking sinus bullshits. It's not it's not horror acquisition, goddammit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was gonna be if I was in a better mood and and more talkative. I was gonna just go through every single horror film I've watched in the past week. I don't know what it is. Just well, I know what it is. I watched. Uh, I watched Lake Mungo and wanted Lake Morgo and didn't get it. So far, nothing's come close to that. Um, but yeah, uh, Gavin, uh, where can people find out all of your stuff, what you do on the internet, please? Miracle of Sound on YouTube, where you can find all of my music. Miracle of Sound, Spotify, iTunes, all of those good places you can hear my songs. You can follow me on Twitter at Miracle of Sound, although I'll be honest, I'm not really on it much these days. Uh, and my life is much better for it. And you can also find me on Patreon. And if you would like to chat with me, you can be a two-tier patron and come join my Discord server, which is a lovely place. Wunderbar. Um, as for myself, uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, if you can get to Jackson around September 22nd, uh, I'll have my, well, wheel. I'll talk about Stardust uh, and myself. We will have our uh, second ever official wrestling match. Uh then so check that out and speaking of wrestling um i've got a new show coming to cultaholic uh, the cultaholic uh youtube channel will host a new show because it doesn't really fit my own channel which is all gaming centered um i'll have a show called resterling there which i'm quite proud of for a name uh so check out resterling when that goes up should be up this week i know they wanted it up um shortly after SummerSlam, so uh that'll be good i'll be tweeting that out um and as always, uh, thank you for the support, for sharing the YouTube stuff especially. Um, you know, we're still doing our best to push back against YouTube's algorithmic burials. Um, as far as Patreon goes, I still use the community stuff to answer questions as an Ask FM replacement. So if you're a patron, um, feel free to ask questions there. Not been answering a lot this week. Apologize for that. But like I say, been ill, mostly sleeping. Um, because, you know, I used to work through illness and these days now I have a bit more t- 
time that I control. Uh, I really one can't underestimate how well sleeping helps. Um, you get over illness a lot quicker, and it fucking sucks that a lot of employers out there do not take that into account and try and overwork people. Give people fucking sick days, then they won't work themselves so fucking sick they literally can't work for you anymore. You fucking pricks. Um, anyway, uh, thank you all so much for listening, for enjoying, and whatnot, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.